Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. It is February 19th. This is the Wednesday Night War podcast. We are covering AEW and NXT. Reminder, this Friday, the post-Smackdown show will be hosted by Mr. Warren Hayes. I will be gone. I am on assignment. Warren, what, what do you have in store? Uh, I know that it's the most important time of the week for you. Yes, yes. Once we get to yes on Friday on SmackDown, yes, there's no other no other day that supersedes the watching of SmackDown this week. I'm actually going to be joined by Jeff Hawkins, so that's wow. going to be a good time. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about uh, Goldberg with him. It'll be exciting. Well, in all seriousness, this is a very special day. In fact, we are one week removed from the six month anniversary of Alex's birthday. It's Alex, true. how you doing? Yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm 40 and one half years old. Yeah, it's, it, it it doesn't. I don't feel a day over 40 and one quarter years old. It is almost your half birthday. We got to celebrate a, a week mm. early, and then we can carry it over to That's next true. week as well. I am so excited. <laughs> I am so excited. Also, um, this is the two day anniversary of me watching and surviving Monday Night Raw. So. Also a very special day for me and for nobody else. One word, guys. Alex, who won tonight? AEW NXT. AEW. Warren. AEW. Damn. I would I, I was probably gonna go NXT, but my my vote doesn't matter. My vote doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> say I didn't necessarily love either show tonight. Mm-hmm. Wasn't crazy about either one. Didn't think either one was a bad show either. Which one of you guys had AEW? I did. Uh, oh, Warren, Warren, per usual. Per usual, the, the Canadian with nothing mm-hmm. else better to do on this day than to watch all elite wrestling. Opening match, Battle Royal, winner gets a title shot. I got to say, right out of the gate, I did not like this initially everybody gripped the bottom rope and just cleared the way and that just uh, like i get it wrestling's not real but i don't like it to be beaten over my head and i had some dipshit on twitter say new to battle royals are you and i'm like "Ah, no that's not really uh not really the same here bud like it's a little bit different i mean one of the one of the rules is the unwritten rules is you don't bump until there's like four or five people left in yada yada, all that. If you're going very elementary, this was just people clearing out of the way and doing moves. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Warren, what'd you think? Um, AEW has not had a good track record in regards to booking uh, battle royals. I, they have not had a solid battle royal showing. Until tonight, which I thought was yeah. actually well done overall. I think it was its. I, I think it was AEW's best produced 
battle royal so far because you'll remember the 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 um uh, the uh the casino battle royals we got leading up to this and there was one also last year so much stuff happening at once camera work isn't following we don't know what's going on someone's stapling stuff to another guy's forehead and we just don't know what's happening so uh, there's a lot there's some stuff that i didn't like i didn't like Everyone sort of lying around, waiting for spots to happen. I agree with you, Sean, that that kind of bugged me. Uh, but I did think that there was some good stuff here. I thought the Butcher and the Blade looked as do- – had a one of their most convincing showings so, so far. They were really well booked as, uh, as, a, as a couple of monsters, especially uh, the Butcher – they were well booked in here. I thought the uh, Orange Cassidy spot saving uh, trend from elimination was fun. It was right into the uh, right into the gimmick of, of best friends plus uh, freshly freshly squeezed. Um, but and the, and the super kick Sammy Guevara took. That was good. Ew, my God, I was afraid he lost some teeth there. That was a hell of a super kick. Um, I liked it. I don't understand what they're doing with Santana and Ortiz. We've talked about uh, hot and colding teams in uh, in AEW. We've talked about this in the past. But my God, if there's a team that they have cooled off tremendously, it is Santana and Ortiz, despite the fact that it was a huge get for the company like a really really big big get wwe uh, this, had standing offers to them i know this is a team that i would have kept right up there as a dominant tag team now they're just like they're just uh it's just happening i don't know man but look overall i think it was their best produced battle royal so far you could see the stuff that was happening uh I have no complaints with it. Wasn't the greatest, but wasn't the worst either. Yeah, and uh, I did like Raven uh, just kind of appearing, <laughs> the hint of him. You know, when you hear DDP and Austin Aries are in the house, and I was like dreading. I was like, God damn, please not Austin. Please not Aries. Anything but. But we get Raven instead? I'll take that. I'm right still- behind the dark, right behind the dark order. Wink, wink, yes. wink, wink. I like it. I, I like them playing that off. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat any amount, and we might read your question or statement on the air. Probably might? what? Might might. Why? Uh, there's why? one that says "Happy Birthday," and I can't make out. I think it's, I think it's Latin or something. This name, Ren, Warren, 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 and Kristen, Kristen Ashley. Seems very excited. Apparently, there, there's this cult following for this Ren. I think maybe from Ren and Stimpy is is what it was. It says, wish Ren a happy birthday, or I'll tell everyone what I'm giving him tonight. That's that's a cartoon, ma'am. Ren is a cartoon character, ma'am. Eloquent says, Sammy G sold the hell out of that super kick. LOL. Yeah, he did. He sure as hell did. People quit sending us money! <laughs> he did sell the hell out of that super kick. He did. <laughs> he sold the hell out of it. Yes, he did. Tank Bearclaw says AEW gave Ren a great show for his birthday. Was Mike Judge there too? What happened? Was Powdered Toast Man in the house? Mike Judge had nothing to do with Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought, oh, yeah, no, this, that, was, that was, that was Bill, uh, Billy West. Sorry. You're right. Yes. Billy West. Got my cartoonist, uh, confused. Sorry, guys. Uh, Jonathan Reyes says, slower down the ramp, Darby or Undertaker? Oh boy, did I have a problem <laughs> with that. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Yes, we will. <laughs> Chris Strat- Statlander versus Shana, or Shana, and I loved this. Uh, mm-hmm. I love this booking. I don't necessarily like them trading little boops, Alex, as you pointed out. Uh, what My this was God. going up against, uh, kind of rough. I'm I'm watching it. When I, I'm not going to spoil anything about what's going on at the same time. It's a killer cruiserweight title match. Uh, and uh, not saying I won't spoil the ending of it, but during the match, Leo Rush, it's an amazing top rope Poison Rana. And I look from my TV amazing. over to, to watching AEW, and they're doing a boop off. 
Yeah. A- after after Statlander did her, I'm gonna cartwheel over all over the ring, and then Shayna had to like get in a specific position and if to make you sure want to boop take... yourself off. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> that, 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 that effectively ended everything I was going to say. Chris Statlander wins. I'm I'm fine with that. Later on, she confronts Nyla Rose, who cuts a promo, and Big Swole does as well. Big Swole is just a ball of charisma. Jesus yeah. Christ, she's so good, Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, and I- I'm good with them trying to put some heat back in Chris Statlander. Also, Britt Baker on commentary, I thought, did an exceptional job. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to keep her like in your in your frontal lobe, so to speak. Keep her in your mind without having to have her wrestle or doing much of anything. Because quite honestly, she's getting over more talking into a microphone. How'd you feel about Chris Statlander winning and the emerging contenders? I thought I it was the right decision. I thought I thought the match was fun. I liked it. I wasn't quite as offended as the uh uh, as them going all boop style on each other, that was I was okay with it. It's part of the gimmick, and it, it's fun. It you remember fun guys? Anywho, the, Shauna hit a really no, nice. Basement. I don't. I don't remember fun. <laughs> SmackDown is beating it out of me. That's fair. The fact that Shana. Warren is able to remain that optimistic. I mean, Alex, me and you covered some pretty terrible raws, but I gotta say. <laughs> Oh, this five month Baron Corbin Roman Reigns storyline. I I dread the weekend now, guys. Yeah. I just I just know that it's gonna start off with that. Those anyway. sour graphs reviews come like thirty six hours late now. It's just cause I I can't I can't I can't bring myself to watch it. I have to like okay, I gotta stop it. I'll watch the rest of this later. I can't. Anyway. We're not talking about that right now. No, but look, I liked I liked the match. Uh, I think Britt Baker is uh, there's there's something that there's a switch that uh, got flicked on. It's uh, she's doing absolute fantastic work. Her work on commentary was great. Wasn't so great to hear Jr. ask Excalibur. So tell me, uh, Statlander is an alien, and then Excalibur oh. starts explaining it, and then Jr. goes, "All right, enough of that." Now, I tweeted this out on Twitter because that's usually where you tweet stuff out. And I had a whole bunch of people saying, well, you know, uh, you know, if Bobby Heenan were saying that, you know, then everyone would be having a good laugh. JR is not a heel. That's not his job. He is head. He is lead commentator. It's not his job to editorialize whether he likes a gimmick or not, whether he likes a wrestler or not. Now, we've talked about this before and he's back at it again. If you bury what the talent is doing, why would the audience be invested in it? I've also had people saying, well, JR JR did a good job because I don't care about the gimmick. That's not his job. He's supposed to make you care about the gimmick. If he doesn't like the gimmick, he has a podcast with Conrad Thompson, then he can sh- and then he can shit yeah. on whatever he wants there. But not when he's on TV, when talent is trying to get over with their gimmicks as goofy or outlandish or serious or or down to earth as they are it's not his job to make the audience feel that they should not be invested in what they're watching that being said big swole will get me invested into anything she does because she is tremendous and i'm looking forward to you know what i hope i hope they stretch out Statlander and Swole uh, over a couple of weeks and not just have like a number one contenders then move on to Nyla. I'd like Nyla to be, you know, sort of standing back and looking at them. Ah, fight for me, puppets kind of thing where and then like give them a two out of three. Make this meaningful. Give these two women, Statlander and, and, and Swole, give them time to develop some heat. It it would be fantastic. And last thing that I want to point out from this segment, Nyla Rose had a great, great promo. She did great. She she did fantastic. Her delivery was on point. She was clear. Everything made sense. She was gobbling up the camera. She was doing it. I – Honestly, I've been a Nyla Rose. I have not been on Nyla Rose's side as far as her – as far as her work goes. I don't know what's happened over the past two to three weeks. But there's something that happened, something that clicked. She's on a roll, man. This is good stuff. Reminder, guys, if you want to donate a super chat, we will read your question, statement, or birthday wish to any Ren and Stimpy character on the air. 
Charles D says, AEW Atlanta Live was great. Proud subscriber. Thank you, Charles. Uh, to hammer home your point, Warren, JR burying people and not talking about stuff that's important was the subject of a Britt Baker promo on him just a few mm-hmm. weeks ago about how bad he was doing at that. Mm-hmm. So frustrating. So very frustrating. Inner Circle take their seats in the crowd before the next match. Josh Page says, what is fun? Mox and Cobb sure was. Awesome match. Uh, yes, uh, I agree. Jeff Cobb, a good pickup for them. Cody says he, that, that, that AEW has Cobb for more than just this AEW appearance, but this was a good match. Moxley cradles Cobb for a three count. Moxley is somebody that I'm interested in seeing, not just because he's about to get a hundred thousand views for us here on Fightful, but he is a <laughs> winner. Guys, Alex, the, John Moxley has never lost in AEW in a singles mm-hmm. match. He is yep. a winner, and I want to watch winners fight other winners, and that's what Jericho and Moxley are. Perfect. This is exactly what it needs to be. Um, and Moxley and Jericho uh, are set up beautifully through all of this. Um, but, man, the, the headline of this was watching this thing going like, man, if you – told me in 2016 as I was starting this my gig for Fightful to begin with. If, I, if you told me hey, <laughs> uh, in 2020 you're going to watch Dean Ambrose versus Matanza Cueto from Lucha Underground <laughs> in, they're going to be fighting on TV in a major promotion that does not yet exist I think my brain might have like spontaneously vaporized like it doesn't like the, the, the how far wrestling as a whole has come just in the time that Fightful has been around yeah. is amazing, and there's no better way to put it into a single match than these two guys fighting for this promotion on TNT opposite NXT on USA. That's all insane. Now, if I would have told you that John Moxley would have been wearing an eye patch, you would have said, of course WWE would have him an eye, pa- and an eye patch. <laughs> or if I would have told you that Matanza's Dario Cueto would be Chris Jericho, You'd probably go, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, uh, Warren, your, your thoughts on this this match? I love this match. First and foremost, I want to know how much it costs to go to an AEW show and have your a theme song play as you're going to going to hit your seats like Jericho did. Uh, that I'd really like to know what the price of that package is because I'd probably spring for it. Why was Sammy Guevara – why did Sammy Guevara have a, have a that's, ticket, that's so weird. by the way? Maybe he, he was in the first match because he didn't yeah, get his maybe. head kicked off later. Like, why is he even there? Have him sell <laughs> yeah. that super kick or something. Maybe so, that's maybe a, yeah. Maybe that's backstage. You know, it's like, hey, you might have CTE here. Here's a ticket. Just, just go, go sit down, and take it <laughs> that's easy. What they do take- when people like? Do you remember at the American Music Awards or whatever it was when Miguel tried to jump across the stage and he leg dropped a poor woman in the face? <laughs> Like, you know they, like, gave her a trumpet or, like, some sort of autographed they, – they're like, uh, here, here's a mop. He signed it. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's what they were doing. Uh, after uh, the match, I got some problems with this. Inner Circle and Jeff Cobb attack Moxley. Dustin Rhodes comes to the ring, and after months of not doing it, they do the old lights on, lights off thing. Like, I, I don't know if somebody clapped real loud in unison or what with the lights, but they had to wait for that. And then it comes back on, and it's got Darby's full thing, full entrance, and he's up there, and he's yeah. milking it. And I'm like, if I'm John Moxley, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is the point of this? He, It undermines the point. And again, had some... Twitter turds say, no, oh, the crowd seemed to like it. That doesn't make it less stupid. I don't care what Tony Stark and Spider-Man did when they stopped and hugged in some dumbass movie. Do not care. Do not care. It didn't make sense. The, Darby Allen came out there and was just like, hey guys, what's up? If I'm the inner circle, I'm in there paralyzing people. What the hell? And then by the time Darby gets to the ring, you beat the living shit out of him too. Damn. Warren, what was this? No, I don't know. I I didn't get it either. I don't know. I don't know why they felt like they had to to black out the arena 
only to light up the stage again. Because usually when you black out the arenas to have someone appear, right? You have, like, The Fiend appear in the ring or Undertaker or, uh, I don't know, Sabio Vega. That doesn't – I don't know. But, but <laughs> I then, wish. But, I, you know? Uh, but so they black everything out but only to have Darby's full entrance. I didn't – I. It it slowed everything down and it it did make everyone in the ring look stupid. It then it ended up making everyone in the inner circle just look dumb because they're all just standing around waiting for this to happen. And they they had all stopped beating up on on Dustin and and Moxley. They were just standing there waiting for it. That's my ah. issue. That's my main issue with AEW. There's a lot of spots that make a lot of people look real stupid. Yeah, um, I, I I will say out of this. Earlier in the night, during the Battle Royal, we got a face-off between a, a honest-to-God dinosaur and um, Mad Max T- Teddy Roosevelt, and now I need to see that match at some point. And then, if you tell me who's the perfect uh, the perfect opponent in AEW for Jeff Cobb, it's Darby Allen Because that kid yeah. doesn't know when to stay down, and Jeff Cobb will literally throw him into the damn sun. And, like, it's going to be awesome. I can't like, wait to see that match. I don't know if you all have ever seen Ethan Page from Impact Wrestling do his top rope body slam. But you see it, and it's such a basic move, but it looks outstanding. And I interviewed him once, and I was like, oh, so who's the first person you do that to? Because it it's quite a bump. It's a little bit different. It's so elementary on the ground. And he was like, oh, Darby Allen. It didn't take any convincing at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure, throw me, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, of course. Like, and Cobb is the perfect person for that. He's just like, like it, it feels like some, you asked him to do some crazy buff, and he's like, "Why not? We all got to die someday." Like, yeah. like he just feels like <laughs> that kind of a the kind of guy. It'd be great. That, I, that just wanna, I just want to. I just want to add to the to the cop match. I like because some people were a little weirded out that that uh, Jeff Cobb lost on his first match, but. It actually, John Moxley. Someone pointed this out on Twitter. John Moxley got a Bret Hart win. Yes. You know where Bret Hart eats it, but then all of a sudden pulls up a roll up, pulls out a roll up win just out of nowhere, just clutching you in the proper way, and poof, that's it. You're you're done. So I liked it because this was a Jeff Cobb exhibition mm-hmm. match. He just it was he hit all he had to do. And the last thing I want to underscore. Good call bringing Taz in on commentary for this because Taz broke down everything that Cobb was doing, making us understand what he was doing. He did the same thing this week on Dark when he was with with Excalibur. Man, they were breaking down collar and elbow tie-ups, just explaining in detail how it works. And you're like – I've said this before. I said it again. He he's the um, he's the uh, oh shit I have <laughs> um um well I, I uh, the WCW thing. Well, guy what is it um the, the WCW commentator uh, Mike Tenay uh, uh, he, he he when I was when I was watching WCW Mike Tenay would do the exact same thing would help me appreciate what the wrestlers are doing it's not just slapping each other around doing moves flying uh, flying off of stuff there's a technique to it and what Taz was doing again tonight and on dark was exactly that it was fantastic and you could tell somewhere in the like somewhere deep within taz he was like man i wish i was still wrestling because i would like to go a couple of rounds with cobb jesus i love to learn i love to learn about wrestling when i do interviews when i write articles anything when i listen to podcasts i like to learn and taz helps you learn and that's what i really like um Mm -hmm. it should be him and not jr they made a lot of bad announcer interview calls with this company, they signed JR to a ridiculous contract. They signed Alex Marvez, and they had the, the the good, smart decision to not do it. They brought in Alicia Atute, and then I don't know what the hell happened there. They brought in Chris Van Vliet. Don't know what the hell happened there. I don't – I mean, they, they've run through announcers and interviewers. Golden Boy, is he even there? I don't know. He was mm-hmm. really good as well. Mm-hmm. But, man – uh, Aaron Jay's fan says he's the Darby taker. Boy, ain't that the truth. Um, <laughs> and Vincent Elisar says big swole called Nyla brother. I didn't hear that. So I can't really speak to that. Didn't hear it. Nope. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defeated the Lucha brothers who I have had trouble getting into. Uh, that mm-hmm. being said, good match. 
but I, I just I have an absence of caring for Pentagon and Phoenix collectively, specifically Pentagon. I think Phoenix is one of the best workers in the world. I, I just feel like they have already exhausted Lucha Brothers early on, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were always facing the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Always. And it was real frustrating to watch. Warren, how'd you feel about this one? Uh, I liked it. I myself, uh, like, I, I, they, they, I think the good word is exhausted. They've played out what the Lucha Bros have to bring as a team. Uh, and I think they've been properly cooled down. Uh, however, I, I like this match quite a bit, actually. Uh, Paige and Omega work real, real well together. I think their, their, uh, their tan, their tandem offense works really well. I love the, uh, uh, the you can't escape and the, the standing SSP that, that they do together. I think it's really good. There was this one moment where Omega shoves Phoenix onto Paige. Like sort of just like the, the so that Page will will nail him with something, but instead Phoenix hits a cutter on Page, and it was just everything happened so fast. It was great. Uh, Phoenix did a lot of the heavy lifting in this match. We're going to have usual. to recognize that per usual. But I, I think it was particularly underscored here. Uh, if anything, let's give Lucha Bros a rest. Let's give Phoenix a singles push. I would yeah. be really into that. Uh, and I think AEW fans unknowingly would also be really into that because he's he is fantastic he is one of the best workers in the world but i thought this is a great match finally establishing a dominant tag team like a tag team that uh that you can that you really have a hard time beating um in page and uh and omega i loved it give us finally give us that intercontinental style belt and and run Pac versus phoenix Mm -hmm. 75 times I think I'll, that a I'll lot, watch that forever. A whole lot of people romanticize Pentagon because they remember heavily edited Pentagon matches from Lucha Underground, and he he was amazing Lucha Underground. But there's no yeah. doubt that this this guy what we're watching live on AAW is not the same dude. And I I didn't think he was an Impact either. When I saw him in Impact a bunch, I was like, damn, Phoenix is the star of this team. I, it just wasn't there for me. And I loved season one Pentagon of Lucha Underground. But this ain't season one of Lucha Underground Pentagon. And that was, what, five years ago now? He shouldn't have hit his peak at that point. He shouldn't have hit his peak at like 29, especially in this day and age. Like when you're hitting your peak and you're, when you're like 40 for some people. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm not buying it out of Pentagon anymore. And as a result, I'm not buying it out of Lucha Brothers. And that's unfortunate. I am buying Phoenix hangman and kenny omega though all for that uh young bucks come and check on kenny omega as page looks on page leaves the ring and drinks some beer they show the creation of the aew figures we have that up on our youtube now uh they send it to us so hopefully they don't copyright flag us but hey (laughs) then we get it the wardlow debut cody defeated wardlow with a moonsault i love that being a finish I could have went without the crossroads being kicked out of, but mm-hmm. the moonsault was great. Uh, there was a point where Arn Anderson is being goaded by MJF to uh, to hit to hit Cody in the head with a cage like he did to Dusty. Instead, Arn hits MJF with it. Uh, Brandy busts MJF in the ass with a chair. I'll say this: I do think MJF was gotten to a little bit too much. Considering mm-hmm. the whole thing is that you can't really get to him, uh, but overall, I I liked it. I thought it was pretty solid. But I want to know what you thought of Wardlow's performance, Warren. I thought he looked really good. The thing, the uh, it, honestly, the the thing is, is well, listen, there aren't that many big guys in AEW, and the th- Wardlow's not like he's big. Don't get me like. He's a big built dude, but he's not that tall. He's like six. He's like six foot even, something like that. Like he's not that tall. So, you know, I I understand what they were doing in the story here where where they're really booking. They really booked Wardlow as a 
as a uh, uh, an unstoppable machine. Like he was no selling stuff. They as you said, he, they can... claim he's six two. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's six feet tall. Then. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I, I and, and, you know, the fact that he kicked out of the crossroads, I think, was, you know, s- testament to that, you know, like he's supposed to be this m- this monster. But look, your 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 monster is Jeff Cobb. And, and I can even buy Jake Hager, uh, you know, on that on that level a little more than than, than Wardlow. Um, I think they leaned into it a little too much. Uh, I think he could have benefited from a little more back and forth and then really using the strength more to, to get to get to Cody more than the no selling because I you know I he did he did a a release f5 mm-hmm. which they called the f10 which I really really I really really chuckled and honestly it's impressive when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's an F5 where he tosses a dude. And Cody was spinning in the air. That was cool. But I don't know. There was a little too much no-selling. And uh, and this is a guy who really could have benefited from from a win. you know. And I know that in the story it wasn't possible. But as much as they, uh, they did a good job to protect Jeff Cobb with the entirety of the match – with the ending, despite the fact that he lost, like I said, it was a Bret Hart win, so it it all me- meshes together. Here, I don't think it translates as well with Wardlow. I I, I don't, and it, and and I think there's there's the size issue. I think there's the fact that he was no selling a little too much. Like they were giving us a, too much of a uh, too much character, not enough athleticism. If that makes sense, that makes a lot of sense. I like that, okay. like that assessment. Cody ends up winning. He's gotta before Revolution next weekend. Just gotta. Uh, we will make our Revolution pick or picks uh, next week. That was AEW. We got Throwback. I think he wished Muddy Mudskipper a happy birthday. Throwback, the very generous Throwback. Shout out to Muddy Mudskipper, the celeb yeah. Muddy Mudskipper. Uh, it's it's odd that there's all these Ren and Stimpy characters that it's their, their, their birthday. birthday. Yeah, well, I mean, they are yeah. cartoon characters. So they were probably created on the same day in a brainstorming session. I makes would sense when you, when, you, when you think about it. it makes yeah, sense. it does. So we do have NXT tonight. Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream. Alex. Yeah. How do you feel about this show? I wanted it to be better coming off the heels of an amazing takeover. Um, it wasn't bad. It's never bad because it's NXT. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of stuff we could still be, you know, moving towards. They they are blessedly, they don't have to worry about programming for the Sands of Time show next week. And then Elimination Chamber nine days later than that. They can actually build over the course of almost two months to... Takeover, uh, Takeover Tampa. So they have that time. But at the same point, I was like, man, NXT has not been nearly as hot as it ever has been, uh, as it is right now, um, coming off of an amazing Takeover. So I wanted to see them like hit the ground running, and they were kind of like treading water a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. WWE Raw and SmackDown shouldn't even worry when they have to book two shows back to back weeks. They got five hours a week to build yeah. that stuff. Do we yep. need. Not to go off on a rant here, but did we need Rowan and Alistair Black this past Monday? No, they nope. could have met on the ramp after squash matches a couple times and ran it at elim- Elimination Chamber or yep. in Saudi Arabia and killed yeah. a little time there. So Especially weird. we didn't need them with zero build to it and yeah. then not treating it like it was like, these are two undefeated guys fighting for the first time. Let's give them to him with, with no announcement, no build, nothing. 
That's crazy. Alistair Black had won his last 19 singles matches, stretching yep. back over a year. Rowan had won never, his last 12. And he's and Alistair Black's never faced anybody yeah. nearly as big as Eric Rowan. Will any of his moves work on Eric Rowan? I don't know. Let's find out, and let's build to it over the course of a couple of weeks. Nah, just kidding. Here it is right for you. All I know about Raw is I hope that Randy Orton is cutting a promo Monday and Matt Hardy wheelchairs himself out, and he's like, <laughs> I'm not done! I'm not done yet! <laughs> this point, that's what I want. And it'll his be the highest rated Monty segment Pi- on the show. <laughs> his new gimmick is Monty Python at this I point. Love I but love it. By, by WrestleMania, it's just going to be like a torso. Yeah, Just a torso, no arms, no legs, no head, just a torso. Uh, throwback says uh, his... His birthday is when Super Showdown, a.k.a. Sands of Time, happens. Is that next week throwback? Let me know. He says, yep. Keith Lee stated on backstage he would love to face Cesaro. Do you think this could happen for a title at NXT on a TakeOver or main roster show? Alex, as of right now, I don't think it'll happen on a TakeOver because it seems like the cross-pollination is between Raw and NXT, not mm-hmm. SmackDown. But I could see it happening on a main roster show eventually. Yeah, uh, certainly on a main roster show. I, I, just, I, Cesaro is one of those guys where it's like, listen, you're not doing anything with him anyway. You got him losing to Elias on Fridays. Just p- put him in NXT for like a couple of months. Let him have dream matches with Riddle and Keith Lee and Dijak. He doesn't have to win a lot of them. He can just have he's, awesome he's matches back in the place that made Cesaro Cesaro, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they get to write their own rules. Triple H even said, well, I consider Shayna Baszler a, an NXT star until I get something back for her. Cool. Orchestrate a three-team trade here. Send Cesaro back there. Uh, I don't know, send Apollo Crews over to Raw so he can do the, the Titus Worldwide gimmick again or something. Like, make something happen. Switch some stuff up. You don't have to wait until, uh, uh, let's shake things up again. That's shit. You don't have to do that. You get to make your own rules on this show. Well, uh, NXT kicked off with Jordan Devlin versus Leo Rush. Good. It's good. It's not a big surprise that it's good. Leo Rush is one of the best performers in wrestling right now, for my money. Jordan Devlin just keeps getting better all the time. I love that he's just all over the place with this NXT title. I dug it, and Jordan Devlin wins, but it does seem like they've kind of exhausted a few contenders at this point. It's like, okay, well, he lost the title, lost the rematch, and that's already two guys. Alex, what do you think of this match, and what what do you think's next? I would not be shocked to see Finn Balor face Jordan Devlin, his protege, in Dublin at NXT Takeover UK. It's a good one. Um, I, I I would not be shocked. I, I mean, thing is, I don't think you could have Finn Balor lose that match. I don't think he's going to stick around and be the cruiserweight champion. You, you could add some real intrigue to that title with Finn Balor holding really, it. You really could. Um, he's certainly under the weight limit. Um, and I, li- I like the, he's like, he doesn't like, like, I don't care about this belt. I just want to ruin you, Jordan Devlin, because you've been trading off my name for years and I don't like it. Like, there's a great story to be told there. I think, I think that might be the plan because it's in friggin' Dublin. Like, all their Irish guys better be on that, on that card. Uh, give Killian Dane a match against somebody. I mean, I don't know. Fit Finley. So it's like do something. Every Irish person, Hornswoggle should have a damn match. It's in Dublin, but um, but the match was amazing. I love that both guys, Leo and Devlin, had each other's finishers scouted early in the match. Um, that was cool. Uh, the, the poison run off the top rope, um, uh, directly into the come up, the with the foot on the rope. Then he then Leo goes for the top rope frog splash. No water the in the pool. Head splash, splash. You said flags. The flag flags splash. The flag splash. Um, uh, I I I thought it was amazing. Um, I love the ending of it. Uh, Jordan Devlin is very 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 good. He's very very good. He's only getting better. Uh, Leo Rush is is excellent. Um, the, the cruiserweight division is fantastic. They have guys on Raw and SmackDown that aren't being used in any way. Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, they're not even on TV. Send them back down to NXT in the next shakeup and let them actually wrestle for the belt that they made popular. 
Backstage, we get an interview with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like this pairing. I, I dig it. And eventually, if you want to have him challenged for the tag titles, cool. Uh, Raquel needs somebody. And Dakota Kai is a good somebody to have. Uh, her and she and Tegan Knox both showed me what I needed to see out of them that I feel like they've been lacking. But in a couple of weeks, we get a cage match. And yeah. I'm cool with that. Warren, how do you feel about the scheduled uh, Dakota-Tegan cage match? Sure. I mean, I look, they had a uh, they had a great match at TakeOver. I, th- I, I thought it was... Uh, I, I, I thought they had a fantastic pairing. They, they just went went all out, got all the toys involved. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, put them inside a cage? Absolutely. And, and I kind of like that the, that the cage matches, you know, are kind of like becoming a thing on NXT, you know, sort of like to bring these, the, these feuds up to the next level. And they come back onto NXT TV and they do, okay, we're putting you in a cage. I think it'll be good. I... It, it, I think at this point uh, it would make sense for the pairing of Gonzalez and uh, and Kai to go over at that match because you do want to solidify that pairing there. Got to tell you, I'm not I'm not really sold on uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I much preferred Reina Gonzalez, or they mm-hmm. called her they even called her Victoria Gonzalez for a while with the chaps and the bull whip. Yeah, I, you know the 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 female Stan Hansen. I dug that a lot, and she had a lot more personality. Her her look. I mean, her promo was as stiff as a Stan Hansen lariat. Don't get me wrong tonight, <laughs> but you know, the more she does it, the more the more comfortable she's going to get. But right now, honestly, she looks like a uh, like an out of the box generic create your own character in two K. Uh, it's doing nothing for me right now. It had a lot more personality when she had the cow- the cowboy stuff going. Um, I, I didn't I did enjoy that that because uh, I was wondering at the time why would Raquel Gonzalez, whatever her name is, help Dakota Kai? That that came out of the blue. I loved the explanation. Like I've been sitting at the PC watching people who I think don't deserve it get opportunity after opportunity, and watching Tegan Knox do it, I didn't I didn't like it, and I think that Dakota Kai, like. Dakota Kai being like surprised by it, but now like totally accepting the fact that Raquel Gonzalez is like her diesel is great. That's mm-hmm. that's perfect. It makes perfect sense. I, I, I thought that was great. I also love perfect GM William Regal coming forward and being like, "Hey, that's great. Nice match on uh, Sunday. By the way, you got a, a, a cage match in uh, two weeks." And then leaving. Like he's the best general yeah. manager in the <laughs> history of managing things generally. He's awesome. Tommaso Ciampa is in the ring for a match against Austin Theory, but he says that he starts talking about Johnny instead. And Austin keeps trying to interrupt, and Ciampa's like, no, you're not gonna. No. Then, then eventually not... he has to beat the living shit out of Austin Theory. Uh, sends him into the barricade over and over and over and over and over. I'm not gonna keep doing it, but they got a match next week, I think. Uh, that's not what happened. Austin Theory came out to have a match with who we have no idea, and Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa just came into the ring with a microphone and said, "I'm going to talk now." And Austin Theory was like, um, "I have a match. We have no idea who it was with, but I have a match. What are you doing?" He's got Austin Theory's got big time ruthless aggression, uh, John Cena energy. We like he like he's just got that the chiseled jaw and like the the, the fade on the top. Uh, yeah, he just looks like that guy. Um, and I love that Tommaso Ciampa's like, not now, kid. Like, not now. He warned him. He warned him. Um, so I'd love to know who Austin Theory was going to face, uh, but I know who he's going to face next week, Eva and Marie. I know who's going to murder him. It was Eva Marie. It's continuity. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they got the match set for next week. I dug it. I thought that was appropriate. Uh, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. That helmet looks so goddamn dumb. That, stupid, the headwear in this company. <laughs> Jeez, man. I, like, and they last about five minutes against the grizzled young veterans who then seem to indicate that they want the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons say they've, they've made things clear, so to speak. What'd you think of this, Alex? I mean, 
I I uh, I love. I, I think the Grizzly and Vex are amazing in the ring, and the, like as you said, when they introduced that it was going to be Raul Mendoza and uh, Walking Wild. Who are these two jokers going to job out to? Um, turns out they jobbed out to the Grizzly Young Vets. Uh, the match looks f- fine. I think Raul Mendoza has a much higher ceiling in this company than Walking Wild does at this point, simply because of the way they're, they're booking him. They seem to take Mendoza a lot more seriously. Um, but Grizzly Young Vets getting on the mic saying, all you dumb yanks or whatever. And this worries me. That they're just they're out of the blue. It feels like they're pulling a Lacey Evans with the Forgotten Sons and being like, they're baby faces now because America. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's just that's hollow and lazy and stupid bullshit. Like the Forgotten Sons have been absolute heels, the worst ever, and just them being like, Hey, grizzled young vets, don't you say things bad about my country? Oh, now we're supposed to cheer for them. That's stupid. Don't do that, NXT. That you're better <laughs> than that. You're I better agree. than that. I completely agree. I thought that was uncharacteristically lazy of yeah. them, and I hope that they take their foot off the gas pedal, so to speak. Oh, man. The Broser weights are out. They face Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. It's good to see Lorcan back on NXT, uh, and they're real good wrestlers. Burch mm-hmm. and Lorcan are real good wrestlers, and so are Riddle and Dunn. And it's good to see Riddle and Dunn immediately fighting immediately like a few days later they're like hell yeah let's wrestle let's do mm-hmm. it what'd you think i i i uh i love i love their their their, their like hey uh wh- what happened to our golf cart <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they got it shipped via creative liberties to portland from orlando but forgot to get it shipped home i think it's i think that's awesome uh this odd couple pairing is just so perfect. Um, but I, I also love the idea that their first challengers would be dudes as no nonsense as Lorkin and Birch. These guys don't cut promos. They come to the ring and try to murder you with slaps. Like, that's awesome. And a perfect foil for guys like Riddle and Dunn. Um, and the match was great, as it's always going to be. And I agree. I think that Riddle and Dunn should be a mainstay every time, as long as they're holding the belts, every time you tune in on Wednesday, you know, at some point, two hours, you're going to watch Riddle and Dunn have a tag team match. It's going to be awesome. And I wish you got enough the... tag matches, tag teams in NXT. You could figure out ways of doing that. I wish they would defend the titles too. Every single time. Yeah. I, I just wish yep. that were a thing between UK and NXT. And th- like I said, bring back the headbangers if you have to for a squash mm-hmm. match. Well, Keith Lee immediately squashed Kona Reeves, and I, I'll be honest. I thought Kona Reeves was destined for at least better than this. I'm not saying that I thought that he was ever going to be a top star, but he does have like a lot of body language things, and a lot like he's very aggressive in the ring. I just thought that he would be a a guy that would do more. Warren, I know that you do not like Kona Reeves, so. <laughs> Uh, I will give you powder, uh, a birthday gift on behalf of Powdered Toast Man, whose birthday it actually is today. Why don't you bring up or talk about this match a little bit? Well, I yeah, you know, I I I saw it briefly because you know I kind of I blinked. Yeah. <laughs> but you know I, I like to rag on Kona Reeves. There's there are not many wrestlers that I hate. You know, and I don't hate Kona Reeves. I just like I like to rag on him. I like to rag on him, especially when they tried the finest gimmick with him when he had those horrible vignettes where he was like in the wind on on a black background, and he just it just doesn't fit him. He ha- he he does have great body language in the ring, and I think one of the thing that irks a lot of people and kind of irks me is that he's been out to say you know his greatest inspiration is Dwayne Johnson. Well, he has the tattoo on the shoulder uh, all the way down his arm, and and he, there's a lot of his mannerisms that are very rock like as well. And I think there's also been a question of. A little problem of circumstance as well, because when they started the the finest gimmick, uh, you know, you also had um, it uh, the, so bad. Yeah, it was it was it was really bad at that time. Look, there's some. I think there's something to be done with the guy because he's tall. He's really really tall. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
he's you know um, unlike, he unlike, for... unlike Wardlow, if we unlike could just Wardlow. give Wardlow Kona Reeves' height, you'd have a perfect package. Exactly. Hey guys, speaking of tall, Sean Ross Saps Serve Tall, brought to you by Prime Time Pro Wrestling Live. Thursday, April 2nd, 2020, we are now at the American Legion Post 5 in Tampa, Florida. Doors open at 2 p.m., bell time at 2.30. Go to PW on Twitter. Get your tickets. Oh, man. Alex, anything that you want to do to put a bow on this very tall match that we have? <laughs> I, I loved how pissy Kona Reeves was coming out. Like, it didn't look like they were there for a match. It looked like he was just angry at Keith Lee for talking. And and I realized, I think Kona Reeves was who Austin Theory was going to have a match with. And he was just sitting backstage waiting for them to actually let him have a match. And he's like, damn it, I'm going to fight this guy. No, that didn't work out too well for him. Um, uh, my, my big thing was I loved what would happen between um, Lee and, and Dijakovic. I love that they have like their their moment of respect after the match on, on Sunday. Um, but that now it's getting a little testy. And and Lee's not accepting Dijak's like you know well I if if I would have just gotten you up for that thing then then I I would have beaten you and and Lee saying well if 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 um I like that they that they still have some respect there but it's it's tenuous and again like the idea of these two guys could literally fight forever and I feel like they'd have great matches uh, until the end of time. Up next, we see Chelsea Green. Earlier in the night, Robert Stone had said that it's getting relaunched, the brand or whatever. She defeated Caden Carter via pinfall. She needed to win. I mean, I, I the losing gimmick's fine, but at some point, you're like, all right, why is she getting TV time? But what did you think of this, Alex? Well, I mean, the match was whatever. It's 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 a thing that, like, you know, Chelsea Green winning uh, versus Caden Carter by a distraction after, you know, trying three different versions of roll-up on her that we're all kicked out of. Like, Chelsea Green legitimately should be beating people like Hayden Carter pretty easily. She's, mm-hmm. Chelsea Green's amazing. Um, and, like, having her, like, oh, well, because she's hooked up with the guy who looks like Harvey Whippleman, she's losing matches. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that's great. Um, but the, the, the big part of this entire uh, segment was Bianca Belair interrupting the match. Um, coming out and said, I'm going to let y'all finish. However, I just wanted to talk to Charlotte Flair. Um, I love that she's like, um, you know, you know, I know you don't go here, but now I want you to because you put your hands on me after the match on Sunday. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick your ass. I don't care if it's here. I don't care if it's on raw, but me and you, we're going to have a fight. And I love that. And I think they should book it. And I think they should, they should make it happen. Bianca versus Charlotte. If Bianca wins, she's added to the match at Mania. You can have her lose that match, but I think that you gotta you're gonna keep her around. Don't just keep her around to lose inconsequential matches to Charlotte. She's gonna lose a match to Charlotte. Have it be for something on the line. Hey, you know what? I muted whatever was happening on AEW when I saw Charlotte when I saw Bianca pop into the ring. That's that's the thing. That's where she is right now. Right now, I am compelled to see what Bianca Belair is going to do next. I was thrilled that she called out Charlotte, that it wasn't just like a mopey, okay, NXT, you know, I it, what's next? You know, I've done everything, blah, blah, blah. No, she's like, no, we're not done. We're not done here. Maybe I lost, but you put your hands on me. Man, I hope we get some kind of triple threat with them because that would be fantastic. Me too. <laughs> me too. I would love that. Throwback27 says, did you guys see Randy Orton's heat on Riddle and Dunn? Wow. It was, <laughs> well, it was only on uh, Matt, but yeah, we wrote an article about it and we talked about it on Listen You Boy today. I think, or no, the list goes on on FightfulSelect.com. So subscribe today. You get two episodes of Alex's Sour Graps per week. The list goes on podcast, my backstage report. We are like a few subs away from a major goal and we would appreciate it. But I was told that it was a respect thing. That uh, and Randy Orton said about as much. He said, "Don't hate you anymore. You're good. Good luck." And that's that's quite an endorsement to get because <laughs> from, from Randy Orton, that's yeah. an amazing endorsement. Yeah, because if he doesn't, I don't hate you anymore. Is like anybody else saying you're the greatest wrestler ever. Yeah, because I mean, quite frankly, he's not gonna even address you if he doesn't think of yeah. you. 
type of thing. Like that that's just how he is, but main event time Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. Alex, you were you were watching this one almost as we went on the air. Yeah, I was a little <laughs> behind uh uh I had to pause and handle some family stuff, but um yeah, this uh this was this was everything we wanted. Um uh, uh Velveteen Dream was wearing a 1970s style sleeveless one-piece jumper yeah. <laughs> uh, for most of the ring with a cloud print on it. It was like baby blue with clouds all over it. Um, and for most of, for most of the match, um, Roderick Strong, you know, the, the Messiah, the backbreaker, whatever they call him, uh, used all of those things uh, to great effect. I think it's um, the guy who had a lumbar injury. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is great. Yes, exactly. I, I, I think that uh, it's so good to have Dream back, like, just the thing they're doing now with his Titantron speed, Titantron, just his face with like the little swirly things in the That's eyes. That's cool. I love that. Spe- <laughs> like speaking through it, like it's the head of the great Oz speaking <laughs> to the people in the ring instead of himself up on the Titantron. It's that, it's that floating head. That's awesome. That's going to get over huge. Um, this is a guy you can build around whether or not he's actually got a title. You can be pe- him. Being on NXT makes it appointment viewing whenever he's on on TV. You call your friends and say switch over from a or now because it's not 1997 anymore. You text your friends and say switch over. <clears throat> text uh, I, I tweet them yeah. exactly. Uh, hit them up on the gram or the snaps. There chat. you go. Um, yeah, no this this was really good. Um, the the right thing happened in that um, Dream got his vengeance for being. Put, taken taken out by uh by the the UE and then the UE and Roddy got their vengeance on on uh on on the uh, dream after the match with the beatdown this is all everything kind of worked out the way it needed to um i i liked the finish this was all fantastic and let's let's get keep moving let's let's get everything going uh in NXT in in a forward motion no more treading water let's let's get to where we're going to go so, do you think that we're we're going towards Cole and Dream at at Tampa? I I still think, and I talked about this with Warren on our t- uh, post show uh, for the Takeover. I think that they always wanted to do Gargano versus Champa versus another guy, mm-hmm. and then Black mm-hmm. got hurt and they couldn't do it. They always wanted to run whatever that dynamic was going to be: Cole versus Cole. No, sorry, uh, Gargano versus Champa versus a third guy in the ring. And I think they have a perfect opportunity to do that with Cole with uh, Cole there as well because I I loved their matches and their feud was great. I don't need to see just Gargano versus just Champa ever again. Like it was all it was perfect. Does if that make actually, sense though with with Gargano losing and Champa losing like that? that I mean, seems again, like... they they have two they have two months to make it make yeah, true. sense. Um, true. The fact that the fact that that Gargano got involved in the match with, with Ciampa. And that's the only reason we can say Ciampa, Ciampa can say the reason I lost to Cole was because Gargano got involved, whatever, all that. It's all there. It's, it's there for them to do it. I think they always, I, I really wanted to see what a triple threat involving uh, Gargano and Ciampa was going to be before Black got injured. So now we got an opportunity to see what that might've been just with Cole in the black spot. But if we do end up with dream versus uh, Adam Cole for the title at Tampa, there's no way I'm going to be upset by that. Alex, what do you got going on this week? Uh, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, regrettably I'm going to watch SmackDown on Friday, and then uh, probably sometime between uh, Saturday and and Monday I'll I'll do a several graphs about how terrible it was. <laughs> Warren, what do you have going on this week? Let the people know where they can find you. Hey, over on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, I record my new episode live right there tomorrow evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. Going to be recapping the week, talking about a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff to talk about. Then on Friday, I'll be back, as Sean said at the start of the show. Sean is on assignment, so I will be anchoring the whole SmackDown post show. And I will be joined by Jeff Hawkins so he can smile his way into your hearts. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. Warren, it's your birthday? It is!
We're going to get hit with a copyright claim. Pull that shit off of there. You got to pay royalties for that song. This is Why didn't fantastic. anybody tell me that it was Warren's birthday? Well, I thought it was obvious. Happy birthday, it? Warren. Happy birthday to me. Guys, it is. It, Kristen says it's your 30th birthday. Yes. I, isn't that wow. great? Wow. I really wish somebody would have let me know this. Let me know this. This is unusual. I'm really glad I share a birthday with Ren and Stimpy. You and Powdered Toastman and Muddy Mudskipper and uh, I'm pretty sure. The log commercial. The the naked guy, the naked old guy. You remember Mm -hmm. him? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that too. Wow, Warren, what, what are you doing on your birthday? Uh well uh, right now I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend if that's Never all right. Never mind. Until next time guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, check out Fightful Select. Until next time, we're out.